The UK Investor Magazine podcast is brought to you in association with Oanda, the broker of choice for traders who want a smarter way to trade. Trade with Oanda and get one year's subscription to TradingView Pro. 76.6% of retail investor accounts lose money when trading CFDs with this provider. You should consider whether you understand how CFDs work and whether you can afford to take the high risk of losing your money. Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. For today's podcast, we're going to be taking a deep dive into the VCT world. And to do that, we're very kindly joined by the managing partner at Albion Capital, Will Fraser Allen. Will, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Great, Jonathan. It's fantastic to be here, and, and thank you very much for for inviting me. Uh, very much uh, a subject I enjoy talking about. So, giving giving your listeners a briefing on both what we do at Albion and uh, VCTs more more broadly um, will be will be great to do. Indeed, and, and this is a podcast I myself have been looking forward to recording ever since we had it booked in because. There's been some fascinating developments in the VCT markets in recent years. Some of the companies that are held within VCTs have made some great steps forward, and we're going to be discussing some of those a little bit later on in the podcast. But to start with, Will, I, th- I think a good point to start with would be an introduction to Albion Capital, as well as yourself, please. Absolutely. So, as as you as you said in your introduction, I'm Will Fraser Allen. My m- main role is uh, acting as managing partner for Albion Capital. Uh, Albion is one of the one of the larger VCT managers. Uh, have been managing VCTs since 1995. So we've got a, a long pedigree um, of how and to to effectively run VCTs. Um, the other the other thing I'm working on the other role I have at the moment, uh, which which is worth worth talking about briefly, uh, is that I am chairing the VCTA. That's the Venture Capital Trust Association, uh, which is the uh, body that represents uh, 12 of the largest VCT managers. Um, and with that hat on, uh, I'm able to, 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 to have a, a really good visibility of sort of VCTs more broadly and how, how the industry is moving. So you feel free to sort of question me both, both on Albion and, and more broadly. Uh, term, term, terms of Albion, we, we have total assets under management of, a, of about a billion, of which uh, over 600 million is in uh, six VCTs. Uh, so a very significant part of our business uh, is running VCTs. But your listeners will be asking, or some of them will be asking, what, what is a VCT? So let's, let's cover that off first. Um, VC stands for Venture Capital Trust. And the easiest way to think of a VCT is it's an, an investment trust structure, so an investment company, uh, which is targeted at young, early stage and innovative companies. The, the other feature that is important to note is that VCTs attract um, a set of uh, ta- tax incentives to, re- to encourage private investors to back early stage and therefore potentially more volatile companies. Touching on those tax breaks as, as a reminder, or for, um, when you invest, you can claim up to 30% of your amount invested against your annual tax bill. So for every pound you invest, uh, if you are paying the tax, you can effectively reduce your in cost to, to 70p. So that's a, 
a very, very effective way of reducing your cost of entry. And then the other really important tax incentive is that any income, so i.e. the dividends that a VCT pay, those are tax-free too. So you've got a cocktail of upfront tax relief and ongoing tax-free income, you know, a very powerful com- 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 combination. Uh, just worth worth noting, uh, one, one uh, VCTs by their nature are deemed to be uh, higher risk investments. Um, and the other point to note is that to qualify for the tax relief, you need to both have paid the tax you're claiming back, so being a taxpayer, but you're also required to hold that investment for a minimum of five years. So, Jonathan, does that give you a sort of sort of a, a starting point as an? That is a fantastic overview. That's a fantastic overview, and, and I think that leads quite nicely into my next point, Will, which is. You've obviously outlined there the, the tax benefits and, and looking at the data over the last five to 10 years, there's been an, an increasing interest in VCTs. So that moves me on to the, the next point around your recent fundraise, because I understand that was a particularly good period for you. You mentioned there that total assets under management now are around one billion. So it, it would be good. To, to hear about you know, how that fundraise went, uh, how much capital you, you raised from that and, and how it's differed from recent years at Albion for their fundraise. Perfect. Um, absolutely. So uh, VCTs typically uh, raise money in the period running up to the end of the tax year because often, often uh, people invest in VCTs as part of their broader planning. So that might be, might be looking at how they can build up a retirement pot. Uh, so we've just come to the end of fundraising season. So if I look firstly at the whole industry, just to give a sense of the market, and then I'll look more narrowly as you've as you've uh, into Aaron, as you've as you've asked, um, the industry for the second year in a row raised just over a, a billion, uh, which is which is great great from a industry perspective, but also really good from the perspective of the companies that we support, um, and that's a very important feature of investing VCTs, um, as well as looking for an, an investment return, you're also providing critical capital to young growing companies in the UK. So the fact the industry has raised over a billion gives the, gives an opportunity to for VCTs to be an important part um, of uh, rebuilding, re, rebuilding economic growth in, in the UK. So within that sort of broader theme, uh, Albion looked to raise uh, 80 million uh, we 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 raised the full eighty million, which was fantastic news and a great endorsement of of what what we do. Uh, in terms of how that compares to what we've done previously, uh, we chose to raise a bit less than uh, last year, where, where we raised just under a hundred million, and that reflects the fact that we had uh, a decent number of exits, um, particularly at the beginning of 20, 2022. So we're always very careful to only raise the cash that we think we can sensibly and effectively deploy. So uh, good news, we raised our full, full 80 million. We're now, uh, we've now got good liquidity in the fund and that liquidity will both allow us to support the companies in our portfolio um, who are on their growth journey, but will also enable us to make new investments at a time when I would argue there are some, there are going to be some really interesting opportunities arising. 
Thank you. So j- just a couple more points here around the, the wider market, Will. So, of course, your, your last fundraise was conducted at a time the economic picture here in the UK was looking looking somewhat cloudy. I mean, do, do you feel that that had an impact on interest for VCTs in that period? And, and do you think that will be something that persists for the next round later on this year? Yeah, that's, that's a good question, Jonathan. I, I mean, the uh, just the actual amount raised was only 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 a, a little bit uh, less than last year. Uh, so that suggests to me that the demand for VCTs can continue to be strong. Um, and actually, I'm really encouraged. I I, I think the market has held up um, better than than one might expect in the context of um, all the things that are going on around us. The uh, geopolitical environment, the, back, the, the macroeconomic environment. Um, and I think that speaks to uh, the attraction of VCTs as part of um, a desire by investors to get exposure to young, young growing companies um, and also the, the way that VCTs can be used because of the tax incentives available can be used as a way of building up a retirement pot. So I think all in all, I think the the fundraising was was uh, was was a success across across the industry and indeed for Albion, um, and I think that's all for for good reasons. Great. So just before we we move on and start discussing the VCTs and the companies that you're investing in in, in more detail, people that listen to listen to the rest of this podcast and think maybe this is something that they'd like to be adding to their portfolio. When do VCT rounds typically open up? Just so they have an idea of when they can start looking to uh, to start picking up some VCTs. Yeah. So there the, there is there's a, there is a effectively a VCT fundraising season driven by the tax year end. So a lot of a lot of VCT offers are um, launched at the back end of the summer. So going into the, the final quarter of the year and, and, and a number of stay open through to uh, the 5th of April being the end of the tax year. So in your planning, if you want to invest in VCTs, uh, you, you can expect to be able to start looking at what opportunities are available uh, as you come back from your summer holidays. Thank you. So now we're going to move on to Albion's strategy, the investment selections. And we're going to start from a, a top-down approach, I think, Will. So it would be good to, to get some insight when you're looking to deploy capital, the sectors that you're you're looking at, um, you know, any Sort of standout features from companies that you like to look for. Great. So let me let me start really with sort of what we are, where we're looking to deploy money in terms of sort of sectors and subsectors. That's probably a good start, and then we can think about specific attributes of companies after that. Um, clearly, what we are looking for is small companies that we believe can grow very fast, can can potentially become category leaders that could become global in their in their outlook and their their achievement. And that drives us to look for the themes of where there is going to be significant growth. And, and it won't be a surprise to your, your listeners that we are currently targeting really two broad areas. One is um, uh, software, specifically B, B2B software. Um, we, we are very cognizant of the, uh, the, the well the well-trodden expression that software is, e- is eating the world. But the other, other core uh, sector that we believe has enduring uh, growth prospects is healthcare and within that health tech. So, so the, effectively, we are looking for the opportunity 
through technology to grow businesses and to become category leaders. So if we look at software, the sorts of things, sorts of areas that we uh, look at as subsectors, uh, we're particularly interested in data analytics, for example. We think there's um, a real need for large companies and many, and indeed government institutions, to manage their data more effectively. So that gives us gives us fertile hunting ground in the whole world of uh, data data management, data data an- analytics, um, fintech. So financial technology is is, a, is an important theme for Albion, and that's not so much about. Um, you know, challenger banks, because we tend to stay away from consumer facing businesses. But this is all about uh, um, helping financial institutions uh, develop their develop and move on from their legacy infrastructure. So how can you apply modern software to make uh, to to, to make financial services more more effective? And and then I suppose beyond that, um, an area that we've uh, had had a lot of success in and, and feel very passionately about uh, is digital security. Uh, it will not be lost on anybody listening to this this um, podcast that you know we live in a world where we are constantly battling um, against cyber crime. So so we look at cyber security, but we look at data security more generally. Um, and I, I'm going to throw in an example company because I think it would be helpful here. Um, Please do. Uh, an, an example I would give is our uh, one of our one of our largest investments, which is in a business called Egress, um, and what e- Egress is absolutely at the core of data security. So the the, the main product is 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 data is um, email encryption, but it's broader than that. It's it's allowing data more generally to be to be um, transferred securely, and that's that's a product that is now being used. Uh, extensively in, in, for example, the NHS, um, a, a vast number of um, of local authorities, as well as a number of large government departments, such as the uh, Ministry of Justice. Um, and increasingly, what we're seeing is that that company expanding to the US now and starting to be used in in in, in other in, in other verticals, you know, such as the law, the legal profession, defence. Um, and this is the recognition that actually. Keep secure, secure, exchanging data securely is absolutely fundamental in a world where there are more and more hostile actors. Um, so, and then the, the final bit, sort of touching on touching on healthcare in a bit bit more as well. Um, healthcare is quite broad; is quite a broad theme. Um, but we we look at everything from, um, I suppose, if you if you narrow it down to the two core themes, one would be pharma tech. So it's it's effectively helping. Uh, pharma companies uh, use use digital tools more effectively. So, for example, supporting them in their clinical trials and how they interact with participants would be an example. Uh, But also telehealthcare has been a big theme for us. So we've got a a business called Aviva, which uh, is all about providing a digital platform for the uh, treatment of obesity. So type 2 diabetics being a particular target of that. Um, we've got a business called Helios, which is doing fantastic things in the area of treating uh, treating the mental health of, of adolescents. So it's providing a platform uh, that, that enables clinicians to interact not only with the, uh, the with the with with the, the young person who's struggling with their mental health, but it's also providing a platform where they can uh, involve other family me- members because this has found, found, been found to be a very effective way of, of supporting 
uh, youngsters in, with with mental health difficulties. So these are this is this is you know these are these are companies that did very well in the pandemic as you'd expect, uh, but it's, but the they, they both do a lot of work with the NHS as the NHS has realised that uh, doing things more efficiently is is core to to helping them to to build back from you know a very challenging time that they're in. But it's also a recognition that actually using using telehealth care, so uh, accessing uh, clinicians remotely, is a sensible and long term transition that, that they need to come. You know, a bit of a theme, lots of other sub themes as well. But just to give you a sense of how how we how we think about the world. Thank you, thank you. That's 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 fascinating. Um, so I've got got some questions here, Will, on on fintech because, of course, as a VCT, you can only invest in in UK companies. So, of course, fintech is is a is a global industry. Um, but what for you is particularly exciting about the UK fintech industry? And it'd be good to get some comparisons about what's happening here to, to maybe in Europe and, and the US. Is there any special types of technology that, that you see being developed here that are particularly interesting? Um, you know, maybe are there, you know, founders that are sort of looking at solving specific problems for, for the banks that you mentioned earlier? Yeah, so I mean, there, there is a there is absolutely a reason why investing in London, investing in fintech companies in London, uh, is an attractive opportunity, and that's really the support that is given to fintech. So we've got a very we've got a very um, sensible and supportive regulator. Uh, so that's that's an important consideration. London is a core and very important financial centre, and as a result, it's attracted many of the attracted many entrepreneurs to set up companies. So lots of rich pickings, lots of opportunity and an environment that is that has been built and supported by regulators and indeed by government to create financial tech companies of the future. Great, thank you. So I think now I'm going to take a more of a, a bottom-up approach, if you may, Will, and you know, sort of look look at you know, how, you know, valuations have changed over the last couple of years and, and how you see them uh, progressing going forward. So, I mean, d- during the pandemic, you know, were there as many opportunities that you saw out there? I mean, maybe were, were companies um, willing to, to take lower valuations? Has that picked up since? I mean, do you see that progressing? I mean, how do you see that progressing uh, through the rest of this year, yeah. So, a good question. Others, it was interesting. So, in the very early days of the pandemic, so thinking back to March to June 2020, that first lockdown, there was, you know, many of us were working out what this world looked like. How do we operate? So, there was a a bit of a hiatus in those early months. But what then happened was this massive acceleration of the digital world as a result of the pandemic. So, you know, everybody was looking at how to operate remotely and the infrastructure around that in healthcare they were looking at how to pro- provide uh, provide medical support and outside the uh, outside clinics so that really did accelerate the the growth the the digitalization of so many industries and we saw the benefit we saw the benefit of that so the so valuations actually grew steadily after that lots of lots of opportunity arose and those valuations continued to, to rise really quite rapidly all the way um, through through the, the various various stages of the pandemic and thereafter. 
with hindsight, I think the evaluations did get quite quite toppy. Um, and what you what you've then seen in the last last eighteen months is quite a sharp correction of technology valuations. First, you know, seen seen very much on the quoted markets, um, and that will um, and is feeding through to the private markets where where we invest. So valuations have come down. Um, the availability of capital has reduced. So there therein lies the opportunity for well a well-funded uh, group of VCTs like Alvin's, uh, where we have just raised money. There's the, the, the entrepreneurs are still out there. You know we the, the, the opportunities are coming through and being in a position to support them because we have raised cash uh, at better valuations is clearly an opportunity. Indeed, indeed. So it will be, it will be good now actually here, Will, to hear a little bit about, we've talk, we spoke about the sectors and the sectors that, that you look at, but it will be good to hear about the attributes of a, of a company that you'd look at just to give listeners a gauge of what stage you would come in uh, to a particular company and, and also it's a good gauge of, of risk as well that you'd take on so I mean is there a particular uh, revenue milestone that you'd be looking for from a, from a company before you, you get involved I and mean, would you get involved in a very early stage concept um, that you see growth in or do, or do you want to be uh, seeing some traction out there in the markets? Right. So, good, good, good question. I think it's really important to, to set the scene of what a VCT is doing and why we why we exist, why and also why that tax incentive is given. It is designed to invest in young companies. We rarely do startups in the sense of no revenues at all. That's extremely rare. So we would be looking for, for revenues. And it really falls into two categories. We, if, they're, if they're earlier stage, so if you wanted to put a revenue number, say less, say less than a million of revenue, that is early stage. And as a result, we would invest a smaller sum of money to reflect the risk. And, and, and what that allows us to do is to, to set milestones for that company, to understand with the company what support they need, but looking to continue to support that company as it grows successfully. So the small investment would be uh, supplemented with follow-on fundings, we call it, so further rounds of funding against milestones as the company grows. So that, that would be one style. The, the other type of company, which we describe as Series A investing, so these will be companies with uh, typically 30-odd employees. They, they will have revenues, could be, could be more than a million revenue. They, they have what we call product market fit. So they have a product, they know how to sell it. There are, there are real customers that we can, we can talk to to due diligence the product. Um, and rather than sort of backing the creation of sort of um, a, a product or a mar- market, what we're doing there is we are providing funding to supercharge what is already working. So it's all about further product development. It's about building their sales and marketing capability. It might be about looking at how they expand overseas. All of that, all of that um, is important in terms of how we, we can help a company. So the short answer to your question is, if, if we go earlier, we tend to invest less and build up. If we're able to uh, invest in Series A, we will write a bigger check. But we are still looking to continue to grow the investment over time on the back of success. Thank you. So just to clarify, if you if you invest in in a company and they do 
further and, and conduct further funding rounds. Would, would you, as a VCT, be involved in those as well? Or do you have a, a limit to say, right, we, we've gone in at, at this early stage with this company. We liked it then, but you know they're now at a, at a later stage. This probably isn't for us. Or would you say, actually, we've invested in it early on and we still see further growth. It's still a relatively young company, uh, but it's a little bit more progressed than, than when we first invested but we'll still be involved in those funding rounds yeah. later on. Yeah, so our, our strategy now been is to continue to support businesses um, as, as long as the VCT rules allow us. So what does that mean? That means that there are some rules uh, that the that VCTs operate under, and, and that's the quid pro quo for the tax incentive, which says that when companies get to a certain size, they can raise money from alternate sources and therefore uh, don't need it. But these are... You know, these are these still allow us to do a number of rounds of funding. So the types of things that we look at is number of employees, and there's tests around uh, up to 500 employees for for for, for R and D intensive businesses. It's about size of the balance sheet, uh, as, as 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 an example. So you know we can't invest beyond a certain stage, but they're still within the rules. We can provide that support um, as their company transitions. To raise money, raise money uh, from from other sources. So you can you would expect, particularly on the more successful investments, to for us to participate in a number of rounds before, if you like, handing over the baton to alternate sources of funding. Fantastic, thank you. So, Will, let's now drill down, if we may, into some examples of of portfolio companies. I know there's one um, very recently that's had a successful funding round, so that would be good to do, to discuss them. But it'd be good to get a flavour of the type of, of companies uh, and and obviously the companies that you feel uh, will are, are most exciting at the moment. Yes, yeah, so I think it's important to say that, uh, like children, I don't have any favourite investments. I, I, <laughs> so, but it's but to, to illustrate the point, let's let's talk about some of the ones that spring to mind. Um, the the recent fundraising you're referring to was uh, the announcement that our our largest investment, Quantexa, uh, recently raised uh, over 100 million from uh, GIC, which is the which is the sovereign wealth fund of Singapore. Um, and what was noticeable about that was that that was at a 1.8 million US dollar um, uh, valuation. So, uh, for known, known as known as a unicorn, uh, and the first one in 2023 in, in the UK, and that's a really good example of of, of what we're trying to achieve. And let me just perhaps talk you through that as a as a bit of a case study. So, Quantexa we got involved in in 2016. It was uh, a, I think no more than a year old. It, had had a, had had a probably 20, 20 or so employees. It had revenues less than a million. It was a very small young company. But what we recognised in it was that they were building a data analytics platform uh, to fight financial crime. Very much in our in our investment thesis of the importance of of of, of using data. Um, and what we've done is we've backed that company through probably four four certainly four uh, rounds of funding since then um, and that's what that's done is it's allowed the business to to grow and then has now raised money from from other large uh, growth growth funders that business has grown considerably it's now got 650 employees um, very tens tens of millions of of, of 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 revenue and is now a global player with 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 um, offices offices around the world and now selling into 
many of the, of the largest banks in the, in, in the world. And that really core bit of helping banks identify financial crime, so important to their, uh, their, their, their requirements around money, identifying money laundering, means that their software is able to replace tens, hundreds of people who would otherwise have been trawling through lots and lots of alerts coming up. So very much all about data analytics, all about financial crime. And as a result, that business is, uh, is, is increasing global and, and attracting funding from some of the, uh, some of the largest, largest uh, investors in the, world, in, in, in the world. So a really, a really good example of how you know, VCTs can back companies that really will become global, global players and benefit from that journey. Thank you, thank you. So, you know, j- just to to finish off here, will it be good to get a quite quite a top um, you know top down view on you know how the VCTs are being managed? You've of course outlined your your strategy of looking at health tech and, and fintech and and software. I mean, is this something that, you know, those particular themes, was that, were they themes when you started out? I mean, have they changed over the last 10 years as technologies have been introduced? And, and do you see those themes evolving as, as uh, new technologies are, are put out into the market? The very, you know, very good question. No, we are thematic investors. Those themes change over time. So that's, you know, we've been doing this for some, some 25 years. Um, you know, technology 20 years ago looks very different to now. And this, this sort of digital revolution uh, that has happened since has provided us with the opportunity. So, so we're constantly thinking about how those themes change. So the, we've talked about the current targets, current areas that we want to invest in. But we're always looking at the potential, what, 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 what is coming down the track. And, and we talk about uh, what we call about deep, deep dives. That's where members of the team uh, will pick a particular theme of interest. It could be really emergent uh, technology. Uh, and we're always constantly looking uh, for, for uh, the themes, the next theme that we might do. So, for example, generative AI is, 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 the, big, is the big area that lots of people are looking at. Now, we are looking at that not in itself as a theme, but how generative AI might be applicable to many other many other areas of areas of software. Um, similarly, we are currently um, starting our uh, starting a, a theme around climate tech, and we've just made our, our first investment in a business called Tem, which is allowing uh, renewable energy uh, suppliers to sell their energy through a platform to SMEs. And that's a good example of where we've, where we we can see this this important climate tech theme coming through. We're building an investment thesis. We've started with a small investment, uh, and the idea uh, would be to grow that potentially over time into being one of our core core themes that we applied. And that process is going on all the time, and it's critical to making sure that we our investment focus um, changes as the world changes around us. That's great. Will, thank you very much for being with us today. John, it's been, been fantastic talking to you. I, I hope I've um, uh, given lots of interesting thoughts and ideas to your, your, to your listeners, but it's been, been great chatting and thank you for some great questions.
No, indeed, indeed. It's been very comprehensive and, and certainly some interesting ideas in there. And just a note to listeners, if you do want to find out a little bit more about Albion Capital, do check out the notes to this podcast. There'll be a link through to their website where you can go and have uh, a look and do a little bit more of your own research. So once more, Will, thank you very much. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you. This podcast was presented by Oanda, Trading View's most popular broker. Trade with Oanda and get one year subscription to Trading View Pro. 76.6% of retail investor accounts lose money when trading CFDs with this provider. You should consider whether you understand how CFDs work and whether you can afford to take the high risk of losing your money. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember all investment involves risk.